Black Tech Green Money isn't just about telling the stories of successful black entrepreneurs. It's also about giving actionable and wealth building strategies that help you protect the future of our communities. That's why we're pleased to be supported by State Farm Insurance. State Farm also believes that we must invest in our communities to achieve economic growth by sponsoring programs like the AXO, which rewards high school students for their academic achievements. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. You know a spot, but not just a spot, the spot. Actually, with the 2023 Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots, being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your frontier in the 2023 Nissan Frontier with standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-feet of torque. AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. That's how we own it. What's up, family? It's your girl, Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of Street Politicians, the, the place, place where, where the, the streets, streets and, and politics meet. Well, Mr. Lennon, it's a new week. Uh, how you feeling, Tamika? I'm feeling good, feeling good. People can't see me today, but you can surely hear me. As always. <laughs> Shut up. What is that supposed to mean? You can't see me, but you can hear me. Like, what exactly? would make you say as always i'm just trying to say that you, you have a very loud you project yourself oh okay so basically i got a big mouth that's cool i mean you it's said cool. that not me i said you project yeah whatever you said i got a big mouth uh let's see what's going on in the world let me tell you something you know something happened the other day and it really got me to understanding how much our privacy is being invaded in our in this society and just how careful people have to be because um when returning to new york from porsche's wedding i found this this it was like a lot of traffic if you ever been to the atlanta uh uh airport 
especially the Delta uh, terminal, um, you know how crazy it is to be able when it's at, whenever there's traffic, especially after a holiday week, um, you know, people, it's very difficult to get on the ramp for departures. And so a lot of times uh, some of the drivers will go downstairs uh, and then, you know, you kind of go through and go upstairs through the escalators and what have you, it's a little trick. But uh, just so happens that there's a new TSA pre-check express area. So it's like an exclusive room that if you have TSA pre-check, you go there and you can, uh, you know, go quick through the process and they check your bag downstairs. It's, it's really got, uh, it, it has to be fairly new because, shoot, we go to Atlanta all the time. No one has ever even mentioned this space to me. But the crazy thing is that when you go inside of the room, you walk up to some machines and at least with like the clear machines, you got to like get your face and your eyes right in front of the thing. And it, it tells you that they can't find you several times because you need your eyes to be correctly like in the square, in the box. But this thing, it's a big old camera somehow and it just scans your face and all your information pops up and you check your bag right there. You don't got to do nothing. You don't got to scan eyes. You don't have to do anything. All you just do is walk in, you stand there and it scans your face. It captures you just standing there and all your information comes up. And I'm like, that's got to be the same type of technology, facial recognition that is, is really becoming a thing all over the world. But certainly even in the U.S., it's becoming a thing like on American streets. It's you, you, you can't do anything with these people where they don't see you. And, and I've been saying that for a long time. <clears throat> and that just proves my point. And, you know, when you tell me, I'm like, you're going to people going to jail, man. Like, I don't know what people think is going on in these streets. I don't know if you, I tell people all the time, crime is over. If you think you're going to commit a crime, especially in New York City, in America, period, you're not getting away with it. They got, they got temperature scans. They got facial recognition scans. They got retina scans. They got um, compute. Now they're sending out, what they said, now they're sending out um, um, robots that can shoot like it, it's we just in a time where you have to be very savvy, very intelligent. You have to have a lot of discernment and you got to make very wise decisions. You got to watch every move you make because they're watching every move you make. You know, so I don't know, man. That's that's a very scary thing that you just walk in to a place and this shit, you ain't got to position your face no way or anything. And from any angle, this machine is able to capture you. And, and bring up your whole history. That's crazy. That is, I mean, and, and I think I'm not explaining it properly because it's like, okay, so, you know, it, it recognized your face, but it's not, you don't even have to like fit Yeah, there's your no, it's from any angle. You walk in <laughs> and the shit is immediately scanned and realizes you from the side. You wasn't inside the camera. You didn't have to look. You didn't have to be stationary. You were just merely moving, and this shit is coach. And even the that's picture where they crazy. showed it, it was like sideways. It was, that's it was, crazy, though. Like, I, I'm, I'm blown away by it. I, I, oof. I mean, I just seeing that, I was like, wow. Like, our privacy is really being invaded, and the, but the crazy thing is, like, they got all this technology and can't find none of the people that 
kill people or uh, or or uh, not none of them because some people have been apprehended. But a lot of times that's happening because the community is doing its own police work by telling where what they think is ha- you know what happened to an individual or some reason. Um, a lot of this shit is state sanctioned. I tell you all the time, a lot of it is is state sanctioned violence and people are getting away because they want them to get away. Yeah, and, and all of the missing people and the and the people who've been sex trafficked, they don't have no they don't have no information on none of that. But I tell you what they do know is how to keep your information and your 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 and 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 and, and basically be able to keep you on record for whatever the American government's pleasure maybe it's just very strange but anyways and the bottom line is as you said crime does not pay and speaking of crime and how it doesn't pay it's like a it's such a conflicting uh issue because on one hand it's like hey you know we are out here telling people crime doesn't pay but we also have to recognize the realities of how uh you know the 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 moment that we're in especially when it comes to the holiday season creates uh desperation and so now the i saw that doordash has laid off uh, 1250 employees and then all types of other companies from amazon we know meta um has laid off a bunch of people they've been talking about laying off like a lot of people uh, Twitter, we see all the crazy stuff that's going on with Twitter, people walking out, you know, people being laid off. Then you have HP, which I think that HP is Hewlett Packard still, but they may be rebranded to just HP, Lyft. So these are all uh, companies that have laid off individuals. And, you know, again, especially during the holiday time, and I'm just trying to figure out so many of these corporations were able to get the PPP and the bailouts and everything during COVID and during, you know, during the pandemic. How is it that you do all that and still lay off the employees and then the folk ain't got no job? And then we over here telling them crime don't pay. It ain't going to work. You know what I'm saying? Because crime, obviously the job don't pay either. So that's how people say, man, the job ain't paying because the job is cutting us off. So we ain't getting paid. So only job we got is crime. So we got to figure this out. This this economy, just the way that things are going. And it brings me to something. I was looking at um, this lawyer that I watch. He does like little hip hop law. He always explains like little things. I forgot his name, but he was talking about Nike and adidas and how they they're 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 cutting off 30 percent they're cutting they're stopping their distribution by 30 percent and he was talking about how china and russia ain't buying none of their products no more and it's actually going down so that that feeds to my boycott nike you know what i'm saying people are all nike going no they need they need us now more than ever so that's mm-hmm. what I'm trying to say. If we consistent about what we do with our money and consistent about making people respect us, then the leverage that we can have, you know, then we can, we start, and, and, and if we start just focusing on black owned organizations and companies and brands anyway, then we can empower and we can employ our own people. You understand what I'm saying? During these seasons, if we own businesses, if we own corporations, we can make sure that, because most of the marginalized and people who are going to suffer 
in these times being cut off are people from our communities. So mm -hmm. we should be able to employ our, our own people instead of you know letting these brands do and say and, and treat us any way they want to. So I hope that gives that's like a lesson to some of y'all, man. Don't be scared. Fight sometimes, man. Don't be scared. Fight sometimes. Fight, fight, fight. But fight with with accurate information. You know, I I tell you, in my thought of the day, we've been talking a lot lately. I said last week on the show, and it actually was one of the first clips that was put out. Um, you know about about our show from last week. Shout out to. Our brother Tabidi, who is one of the senior strategists. My God, we got to call Tabidi. Tabidi got that. Yeah. He's one of the senior strategists for Steve Harvey. And, you know, we were talking about how dangerous the internet is. And an example of that happened like right after the interview. It's been going on for the last few days. You know, first of all, at the point that we're taping this, um, I, you know, this information is up to date, but by the time the show airs, it's very possible uh, that things have changed and we'll make sure to report on it at that time. However, I watched some, a blog put out some information um, about Shanquella Robinson, an update to the situation with her and getting justice for Shanquella. And they said that that the, the first thing that went out, which was verified and true, that there was a uh, arrest warrant uh, now active for one of the individuals involved in the direct attack. Now, we all assume that it is uh, the woman Dejanay. However, we don't know that because that's not what the FBI stated. They did not put that information out. And they also did not tell uh, the Robinson family, or at least uh, I spoke to Shanquella's mother and sister about this, and they did not hear directly from the FBI who the arrest warrant is for. Um, but they did receive information that there was a, an arrest warrant and also at the extradition process um, was attached to the warrant. But then I saw a blog post that, um, you know, she was arrested and her family has, had not, has not heard that. At this point, her family has not heard from the FBI. Now, it could be two problems. One, I think the internet, they want clicks and likes so much that people, there are some people, I used to say, well, it's not intentional. It might've been a mistake. And now I'm starting to think, nah, it's actually very intentional. There are people who report things that's untrue on purpose so that they could draw folks to their uh, pages and, and, you know, and get, get more followers. So one, I, you know, I'm not about to give them because you didn't verify, you can't verify it. I got a call from one of the major blogs asking me, hey, I, I'm, you know, I want to report on this story, but I'm looking up the woman's name in the system. I'm trying to find her. I'm, you know, we, we're doing the checks and balances that we have. And there's no one, literally. And, and also the FBI with calls to them. No one is confirming that this person has been arrested, which would align with the fact that the FBI never called her mom to tell her that um, that the person has been arrested. 
So that tells me that people just put anything on the internet and we all, that includes me, it certainly includes you because, you know, I'm always beating up on you. But we have to be real careful about information we share that we see, even when we see it on someone's page that we actually, you know, that we know and trust. Because this morning, it, it was on the Ricky Smiley show. They put out that the young lady was arrested and, and that's actually not true. Yeah. I, I, that we know of. I think I think what it happens is a lot of people and, and, and we all guilty of it, right? When when you find something that supports a narrative that you want or something that feeds into energy that you actually want to you want to believe, you want something to support your own theory, right? Your own ideology, your own feeling. Like people want this girl to be arrested. So soon as anywhere that gets posted, people are gonna be like, yes, because they want that. That's actually what they want, even when. You, when you see, and I tell people that all the time, when you when you quit to post something negative about somebody, that's because you just want to believe that, because you didn't do any research, you didn't search, you didn't, because it's easy to dispel myths, right? So I think that's what happens. A lot of us post things to support our own feelings, our own emotions, our own theories, you know, and and sometimes we don't check them because we already in our mind believe it's true anyway. So we just feel like somebody's just confirming what we already know. When, and, and, you know, in all actuality, especially when you have huge platforms and you have people who follow you for information and they believe that the information you give is accurate, you have to do the due diligence. You have to do the research because I see you. As soon as you see that post, you wanted to post it, but then you was like, well, I ain't see this nowhere else. Let me let me start looking around. Let me make some call. Let me call, you know what I'm saying? Because you understand that you have a responsibility. You understand that people actually believe what you say. So if you want to remain credible, you know what I'm saying? You have to do the work to remain credible. So all these sites, man, you ain't got to rush to be first. Sometimes if you last and you got it right, that means- And you, you get the story right. Exactly. Yeah. Like getting the story right is so helpful. And the families and other people will come to you with exclusive information when they see that you have integrity in terms of what you posted. And I got into it on a blog and it's the same blog well, mm, I don't think so. In fact, it was, a, and I don't know why I'm even calling these pages blogs, because we need to get that straight too. Blogs, some blogs, many blogs are actually uh, reputable sources that do try their best to, you know, look into the stories and put out accurate information. So when I say blogs, I'm, I, I need to be very, very careful with that. Some of them is just pages, just a, 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 a Instagram page where somebody is talking, running their mouth. That's what they call a blog now. Mostly, I'm telling you, these people have give their na themselves names and titles and all they do is got a, a YouTube page that you, anybody could get or Instagram page and they call it a blog and then they get enough people to follow and believe it. That's that's what it's turned into. It's no, there's no fact check. There's no credibility. There's no resume. People don't even know who you are, but they followed you and you said a couple of words that resonated with them once or twice. And now you become their source of information. So. Well, yeah. And, and, and so on this particular thing, they were they were running the narrative that Dejeuner, which which is believed to be the woman who was attacking uh, Shanquella, that she is a trans woman. So that narrative started somewhere and as soon as I saw it because I wanted to be you know 
very, I wanted to make sure that if it's true, you know, and, and it, it, it's true, it's true. It is what it is. It's being stated. It, uh, just nothing anyone could do about it because if it's true, it's true. But if it is not true, we do not need to, um, you know, increase uh, or let me not say increase, but exploit a narrative that uh, can be dangerous for anybody. So for instance, it's not good for uh, someone to say, oh, there was a robbery downtown uh, and, and I bet you it was black people that did it, right? Or a black man that did it. We don't wanna do that because we know what those types of narratives, what it does to our community, what it does to any particular community. I don't even wanna say, oh, I bet you a white, a white man uh, you know, did X, Y, Z thing. We all have those biases that exist within us, but we have to be really careful about that. So yep. when people start saying, oh, well, it was a trans person, I'm like, let me call and check and, you know, make and, and find out about this. And of course, I called and spoke to Shanquilla's sister, Shanquilla. I want to call her Shanquilla so bad because her sister's name is Quilla. Um, uh, it's Aquila. So I called her and I'm asking her, you know, hey, this is what I've heard. Can you confirm? Do you know? And she said, I don't believe that that's true. She said, we saw it online as well, but they actually met the woman uh, and, you know, they, you know, know several friends and people around. And they said that they don't believe that that is true. So I got tagged on a video where someone is like, oh, you know, Tamika Mallory is not going to say anything about this. I bet you she's too scared to speak on this issue. And I'm like, what are you like? What? Are, what are, I don't even understand what that means and why people are so ignorant. So I and, and they'd love to go back and forth with me and tell me, you know, all the reasons why I'm wrong. So I asked, hey, this person, because this is a person commenting on a page, which they probably call themselves a blog. I asked, you know, do you know that this person that posted this, do you know them? And do you know for sure that they are in touch with uh, Dejanay or someone connected to her that has confirmed this information? How do they know? Did they get it from the internet? Have you questioned them about why they're posting this type of uh, information? And I said, and why would you think that as a person who has a, I'm trying my best to have an authentic brand and authentic voice, although I'm not perfect, <laughs> but I try. If I put out inaccurate information, like what does that say about me that I wouldn't even go, I'm going to target a community that's already dealing with a whole, you know, a lot of things and, and, and being marginalized. And I'm going to go target that community because the internet says something and not because I know for sure that this information that's being put out there is true. Why would I do that? And you know what? Crickets. I've heard. Nothing. Of course it is. Because people can't, they just, people just want to find a reason to find fault, right? People say, oh, you won't speak on that. We get that all the time. Oh, you're going to be quiet on this. You, you, you pick and choose. You damn right. I pick and choose. I pick and choose the issues that I believe in. Right. I can't fight on the issue or talk about something, first of all, that I'm either not knowledgeable of or I don't have any real energy for some shit. doesn't it doesn't like I see it and I'm like, damn, OK, but I don't that's not my forte. Certain things that go on in the world that even affect black people, there's certain things that I'm not that knowledgeable of. So I don't speak on them. I might say that I think it's wrong. But when I'm adamant about something, it's because I'm, I'm learned in it. I've studied it. I understand the dynamics of it. I, I believe it to be 
more than likely 100% accurate, if not 99.9% accurate about things that I speak of. And I come from a perspective where I have some level of understanding or expertise in the field that I speak on. So those are the things that I, I like to speak on. So when they say you pick and choose, or oh, I bet you won't say no, why don't you say about it? Obviously, you feel very strongly about the issue. You seem knowledgeable. You seem like you know some things. You got a lot of energy. So that's why, that's where we all do our part in this world. We do, especially in this movement. So we have different, you know, everybody has a different entry point of movement. You believe in these things. You you are adamant about this. You want to hear those things talk about. So go talk about it. Don't come in my DMs trying to pressure me and force me and bully me into talking about shit that you want to talk about. That's why you got a page. You got a voice. You got all the right in the world to speak on the things that you want to talk about. Just like I have all the right not to speak on the things that I don't want to talk about. So if y'all understand that, then the world will be a better place, man. Go to your own page. I don't care how many followers you are. Tell them why you mad. Tell them the shit that you want to get off your chest. Tell them what people should be doing. And you build your own following. That's what yeah. I did. Yeah, it's not, it's not, yeah, that one side of it, you said that's 100% right, is that it may not be something that we understand clearly. We may not, you know, sometimes things miss you. You don't even know what happened. Or if you do know, you're trying to figure out the different pieces and understand it. Or maybe you don't have time to do that. But here's what I will say. We, nobody is capable of getting on every issue all the time. Impressive. That is a failed, it's a failed strategy. You actually have to stick with the things you think you can actually impact. Even when there's other things that's aligned, you have to stick with what it is that you know you can impact. You know, I, I think right now, the issue of uh, Balenciaga, that's a big issue and a big concern. Of course, anything now that we're learning more, like I didn't know anything about the history of uh, the designer and all of that, which I'm sure that's the case with a whole bunch of, uh, you know, issues and brands and not just brands, shit we eat, places we work, the people we work for, uh, you know, people we've been in relationship to and with, like there's, a, you know, a lot with that. But um, but, you know, but I see a lot of people talking about the issue around Balenciaga. And I think that's an important issue for me. I got one sweater, uh, a pair of leggings and two sneakers. It's not that serious. Like, you know, I don't care. But I tell and you what, what I do. Is, and that's what it is, because it wasn't like I was never into Balenciaga. So for me to cancel Balenciaga. Is it, what am, how am I canceling them? I don't. Yeah, I mean, well, I don't, do I don't know, I have nothing. So when I when I when I you said you don't have nothing. I got one Balenciaga shirt. <laughs> one. You know what I'm saying? So it ain't. But, but I bet it. you what you do have and what I know I have is hundreds. You got thousands. So I don't know. Maybe you don't have thousands now. But I have hundreds of Nikes. Yeah, so exactly. That. So that's why it impacted me. It really impacted me because I'm like, damn, I really, this is something that I supported. And I know that my voice can be heard. And I know that the community that I come from, we all support it. So I know that me shifting, attempting to shift the consciousness of what's going on in Nike with the brand and what, you know, the co-founder and how they, they, they view us. I know it's impactful. Me just coming with my one little Balenciaga shirt saying this and that. It ain't, it ain't as impactful as somebody who would like the guy. You know, shout out to um Hellcat, Omni Hellcat. He he burnt this Balenciaga. People was mad at him, and and he said, I don't I don't think it's valuable enough to give to nobody. And that was my my position. 
I don't want to see nobody with Nikes on. So I'm not giving it to nobody. I don't care if they're home. I don't want to get, I can give homeless people and, you know, I can give them other clothes. I got all types of other clothes. I've been donating. I, I give to the Goodwill every year. I give bags of clothes to people in need. But I did, I don't, that's not what I wanted to do with Nike. I wanted to completely um, eradicate and get them out of our culture. That's my, that's my intention. Will it happen? Who knows? But I know that's my goal. I don't want to see it. I don't want to give it to another person. I don't want them wearing it and somebody else seeing it and be like, oh, I like that. Let me, I'm going to want to buy that. Where'd that come from? I know that's not what I, I don't want to be, do anything to help the advertisement or promotion of it, you know? So everybody got a different, different mind state, you know, hopefully I find a way to get in the game. Yeah. You can State Farm Insurance gets it. Representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. State Farm understands and wants to help protect our communities by investing in our future, building off the hard work our parents have done before us. We all are looking to create generational wealth so that our families and generations behind us have a better starting point than we did. That begins with financial literacy. State Farm helps fund programs like Project Ready, a National Urban League program committed to the educational achievement of Black and Brown youth. To date, participants have been awarded over $11 million in scholarships offers as a direct result of contributions from State Farm. At Eating Walbrook, we hear inspiring rags to riches stories on each episode from our guests, but with State Farm, you can begin to write your own success story. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, so there we were, cruising through the new open-air zoo, when I realized that the park was closing in like 15 minutes. Luckily, we were in my Nissan Rogue. With its powerful VC turbo engine, well, we had time to see all the animals. Whoa! <laughs> and outrun a few! Drive the Nissan Rogue. How do we level the playing field for all entrepreneurs? 55% of white businesses survive the startup phase, while only 4% of black businesses do the same. So I want every black entrepreneur to know about the 1 Million Black Businesses Initiative. The 1 Million Black Businesses Initiative is an award-winning program created by Shopify and Operation Hope. They're on a mission to start, grow, and scale 1 million black businesses by 2030, driving wealth creation for the black community. Out of 6 million employer-owned businesses in the U.S., only 2.3% have black ownership. This program gives black entrepreneurs tools and resources to level the playing field, from free business coaching to tailored training and extended free Shopify trial. Shopify's made a 10-year, multi-million dollar commitment to the program, and it's working. The initiative already started, supported, and engaged with over 334,000 black businesses, helping them operate businesses that sell anything from skateboards to coffee beans to apparel. Business owners love this program. Simone Harvin, founder of SC Creative Group, says, The 1 million black businesses experience for me was unlike any other program I've been a part of, primarily because it was for us and it was by us. Here at Drink Champs, we are always interacting with our listeners, many being black entrepreneurs. Shopify is one of those platforms that empowers and emboldens entrepreneurship. So chart your own path for business success with the 1 Million Black Businesses Initiative and Shopify. Bring your business to Shopify with an exclusive offer at shopify.com slash B-E-N, all lowercase. 
Go to shopify.com slash B-E-N. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply. That's how we own it! You know, speaking of people using their platforms and people getting into it, you know, we have a guest coming on today that is no stranger to not just free politicians, but to our lives. Everybody know that we are super close um, to our brother, the Reverend Mark Thompson. Oh. Um, and, and you know, I, we, we said we got to bring Mark on to help us get talk through some of some of these things that's happening in some history. That's our history. That's the historian. Um, among Until Freedom, the Until Freedom family. And of course, uh, I can't make sure we shout out our brother, attorney Angelo Pinto, because he's the other historian. Um, and so uh, let's bring Rep. Mark Thompson on. Let's talk about when we say you, everybody has to use their platform, because not everybody's using it for the right things, in my opinion, all the time. Um, and I think uh, Mark can help us to sort of examine what's been happening in the media. So Mark, welcome back to Street Politicians. I'm happy to be here. Always a pleasure to be here. And, and I'm thankful for all the work that you all continue to do and the way you use your platform here on Street Politicians. So first of all, Mark, mm -hmm. you know, I want to get your thoughts on this whole Jerry Jones, the picture okay. and the whole, you know, controversy. It's not really controversial to me because it was there. He was there. So I just want to get, how, how do you see it? Mark? I think it speaks to the history and legacy of a lot of people in positions of influence and power and where they came from. That is the history of this country. It was almost impossible to avoid. And you would have had to have been an exceptional um, person uh, to have not participated in that and, and stood up against it. And we know there are very few people who did at that time. There are very few people who stood with us at our moments of struggle. Very few white people who stood with Dr. King. And, and so obviously Jerry Jones is one of them. I think that th there are two things. One, it, it requires us once again to just examine who and where we are in the context of everything. Here's someone who owns a team and owns everything about the team, including the majority of athletes that are on that team. All right. And, you know, the issue still becomes why are we 70% of the players on these NFL teams and own nothing, own no team whatsoever? So few coaches, no owners whatsoever. That says a lot. And we ought to lift that up in every opportunity we have when these types of things come up. Why is Jerry Jones still an owner and none of us are owners? Why can't we be? Why can't we own one team? 
uh, first of all. Second of all, I do want to commend LeBron because LeBron is not an activist, but to your point, Tamika, he is using his platform now. And I want to commend him because I, I think it takes a lot of courage for him to take the, the take he took. Asking the question, well, why y'all ask me about the situation with Kyrie and not ask me about Jerry Jones? Why is everybody quiet about that? And he, he articulately said, when it comes to other people's uh, struggles and oppression and discrimination, that's paramount. But when it comes to ours, it's knocked down. It's low on the totem pole. So, yeah. so, so why people, why isn't Jerry Jones being canceled? Mm. And, 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 and why, once again, do black people get canceled when it comes to other people's oppression when we don't oppress anybody? I'll be very, very clear about that. We don't have the power to oppress anybody. Even if people say things that may seem insensitive, or if anything, sometimes people say things that are terribly uninformed, but that's not oppression. That's not uh, keeping a whole nother group of people down. We are kept down always, all times, and continue to be kept down. Remember, Jerry Jones was one of the people who was against the taking of the knee and all of that. He came out against that first and foremost. So you know, uh, for that to just kind of be, oh, okay, this is just, this is just something that happened. It's just kind of matter of fact when it comes to our struggle and our oppression. And that happened right here in this country, yeah. within these borders, on this soil, what, not even 60 years ago? Hmm. Hmm. Well, you know, I know we, we want to talk about Stephen A. Smith's comments because he used, you know, his platform as well. And, you know, I have my days with Stephen A. Smith and, you know, I used to really, really think that I, I just used to feel different about him. And then over the years, I began to watch him make statements that I feel like, like he, he, he apologizes for white folks to me too much. And then sometimes, you know, he's extremely harsh on black folks, which I get the fact that we have to challenge our own. You can't be a commentator where you don't ever have something to say about things that Black folks do that ain't right, just like any other community. However, it just feels to me like, you know, I don't know why we need to either apologize and or let's say apology, apologists might be going too far, but why do we have to uh, defend older white men above 70 years old who happen to be standing in a place that represents the torture of our communities. I believe, Mark Thompson, that if there was a picture of you, me, and my son, any one of us, standing in a, in a space where any other community, any other community, whether it be the Jewish community, the gay community, any other community, if we were standing there while uh, torture that is aligned with our enslavement and oppression, if that was happening or with that group's, um, you know, uh, uh, enslavement and, 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 and oppression, if that was, if that happened, I don't think we would ever be able to live it down. I mean, that's my opinion. What do you think? You're absolutely right. And, and we've seen examples of that. I mean, if we're in anywhere in proximity to a situation where someone else is, is being mistreated or oppressed, we, we are held accountable for it. As, as far as Stephen A. Smith is concerned, um, I know Stephen, um, in spite of some of his statements, Stephen has always gone out of his way 
to express a profound amount of respect for me. I, but I take that to mean this. Stephen knows where he is. And I think Stephen realizes the, the cost of him speaking the way we speak. And I think he just chooses not to do it. But that's, but that's right there is my issue, Mark, because you could choose not to do it, but you can't choose not to do it and then attack young black kids all day long. That, like, that's the that's issue for me. I, I'm good that you're not going to speak against the white people. Good. You, you got to keep your job because he's made statements that every day, this is this was he said, every day I wake up and figure out how to make my boss more money. That's his mind state. That's what he said. That came out of his mouth. So I get that. That's your job. But everybody don't have that same job, right? A lot of these young black kids, you know, they come into this league. They come from marginalized communities. They they don't come, you know, they come from communities. They come from poverty. But they're, they, they're still grounded in their black history. And they're trying to figure certain things out. They're still black and proud. And because they come into an industry and that is not that doesn't celebrate being black and proud. They being they got they hit from all angles all the time. Every time they do something that shows that they're too black, so we don't need our own black people to 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 lash out at them at the same time. You know, we know that you can't. Sometimes you can't say all the time what's going on. Like we, we understand that, but you we just don't need you to pile on. If you can't help us, just don't hurt us, man. That's that's my problem. My problem. No, no, I I agree. I agree with all of that. Um, th this media industry, though, is contracting so much. Everybody's afraid. That's why so many of those people piled on against Kyrie. They were trying to keep that, even when it wasn't necessary. Oh yeah, Massa, I don't. I'm not for that. Um, that's what that's what people do. Um, the difference between those and the three of us, and many who are listening right now, is that we're free, and and freedom is a beautiful thing, and we're willing to pay whatever price there is to pay. Uh, to be free. And I think people know it, even young people you're talking about. Well, you can't fool young people. Sure. And you're, you're right, Tamika, your evolution in terms of how you look at Stephen is the, the same for a lot of people. You know, oh, Stephen, like Stephen. But then as you hear more, like, wait a minute now, you know, brother, we need you because you are using this platform. We need you to take a stand. We need you to do something. But he'll do things like, for example, uh, this week, well, in reaction to LeBron's statements on Jerry Jones, he had Roland on his show. Mm -hmm. right? So and he talked about, oh, I'm so glad Roland is here. And I saw what that was. Stephen doesn't feel like he can say certain things. So he brings Roland on. And that's fine. But still, I think at the end of the day, you know, we all want to look in the mirror. I think the three of us, we have a different calling. We we you we face each other in the mirror every day, don't we? We, yeah. we in the morning, mice, you look in the mirror and you got to live with mice. Tamika, you got to live with Tamika. I got to live with Mark. Right. We can't live with ourselves. If we not looking at the people in the mirror, who we are, we that's just how we made. Yeah, that's yeah, and, and that's a blessing. And and I think, Mark, for me, my son gave one aspect. Like, if you go, you know, if you're not going to say uh, or be as radical, if you will, as we are on race and those issues, but you can take the time to uh, 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 attack and and critique. Let's say critique, because the word attack. It, it you know that that triggers people so let's say critique if you can do that then you at least can just be quiet about jerry jones you understand what i'm saying nobody's even looking for stephen a smith to he we wanted let me tell you the jerry jones situation was 14 years ago we're not stupid we get it it was no it was when he was 14 or, or no right excuse me i'm sorry he it was when he was 14 years old 
we all, when we were 14, have things in our back. I mean, I know about, I never stood anywhere and watched, you know, the, the, the torture of another community. But nonetheless, we all, when we were 14, have things that we're not proud of. We can all reconcile that. Absolutely. Right. The issue is that I don't need to go running around trying to explain on behalf of a white man who happened. He should be the only one explaining. The only person we need to hear from is Jerry Jones about why he was there and his de uh, uh, denouncing racism and supporting the players that are with on, on his team and in the NFL whose life experience is that of which happened to those Black people in that picture. That's the only thing we need. We do not need to hear from one Black person that feels the need to explain on Jerry Jones' behalf. We don't need that. So that's wasn't my there. problem. You wasn't, 14, you wasn't there yeah. 66 years. You don't know nothing about it. Don't tell yeah. us about something that you, you, you don't have any information to give us. You're giving us your opinion that's based off a biased situation because the only proximity you able to see Jerry in is the proximity that he wants you to see him. In. Right. You, right. Never exactly. seen him, you, you never see, you never, you, especially as a black man, you never been in the room with him and a, a bunch of white racist people to hear him defend no black people. You don't know none of these things. So you can't even give us a, a good point of view that that contributes to this situation in general. We asking you how he is at the, at, when you go to the games, of course he's going to do it. That's what the people make him, or 70% of the players on the team. What are he going to do there? He ain't going to say, yo, I'm racist. I don't give a fuck about that. He, that's never going to be. So right, we, right. you don't have a perspective that can help us to dissect this situation. So and, just be honest. And, and before you go, Mark, because I want you to be have the last word on this issue. I think my son, what you just said is 100% true. You don't know. You you might know him, uh, but we none of us know people behind closed doors when they are in their element, right? And let me tell you, there was uh, someone tweeted, and you know, I, I I dare open Twitter ever in my life, but it just so happened that I was tagged to something and I opened it. And it was a picture of teenagers standing around watching an actual lynching. And the, the title of it said, these were 14 year olds too, right? So 14 year olds at that time stood around and watched a lot of things. The only question a black man could, to me, or a black person should be asking is what has Jerry Jones done from then until now to prove his allegiance to the black community outside of people being employees that have helped to make him rich? What has he done? That's the only thing I think I don't. So that's my issue with Stephen A. Smith. I'm not looking for him to be a radical activist. I don't need him to be Mark Thompson. I don't need him to be Dr. King. I just need to know why is it that you feel so comfortable trying to explain for, for a community that they need to be the only ones explaining for themselves? Yeah, no, I agree with all of that. And, and I think we should not uh, discount the possibility that he may have been asked or ordered to do that, one. And we gotta look at that. When people wanna step in the line of fire, put their bodies in between the white folks we would hold accountable. The, the other thing too, let me just tell you how real it is about him possibly being asked to do that. Even if he wasn't asked, he, he heard it in his head. Um, if, if people have noticed this in the past decade, at least, sports coverage has changed. And because of the contracting sports journalism and media industry, there used to be a time um, 
when we were younger, when sports media personalities and sports coverage was more critical of owners, teams, you know, even if a team wasn't doing well, you heard sports commentators put that out there. In a contracting industry where teams and leagues own their own media, everybody wants to be sure they keep a job. So nobody wants to criticize anybody. So you look at Stephen A. Smith, how often does, he, he'll criticize a, a black athlete before he'll criticize a team or an owner. And he's not alone in that because if ESPN goes south on him, he needs to be able to get a job on a New Jersey Nets network, uh, which is yes here in New York, or get a job with the NFL uh, television network. You, you follow what I'm saying? So, so that is another practical reality when it comes to some of these people. So you're right, we shouldn't even be looking to sports media folk any longer to set a precedent or stick their necks out for us because they're not doing it any longer in terms of objective critique when it comes to these teams. Uh, uh, a matter of fact, I'll say this now be done. The, the only commentator who was always consistent about my criticizing the NFL's lack of guaranteeing contracts was one person. That was Brian Gumbel. If you notice, no one's sports. Stephen A. Stephen a. Smith, don't, they don't say none of that stuff because they want to be sure they still have a job. And so, yes, Jerry Jones, he's going to defend him. And like I said, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he was asked to. I, last thing, I, I said his last name, but I'll say this too. Y'all never see me in no cowboy hat. You will never see me in a cowboy hat. That itself is a symbol of oppression in this country because that cowboy hat symbolizes uh, uh, the trail of tears, the assault on our indigenous people, and the assault on our people. So you ain't, that's just, that to me is a cultural symbol. It's not something black folks should be wearing on their head. So when I saw Stephen wear that cowboy hat, I see it right there. And you know what? The brother is, he's in a place I'm not in. I want to ask a question about, so we, we were watching the movie Till, right? Which is a very, very um, emotional movie, Mom. Have you seen it? Yeah. I have. I have. Very emotional movie. It's heart wrenching. It's, it's graphic. Really, it's really graphic and emotional. And, and I was wondering, you know, we we, we talk about this, and, and not to, to any way make light of the situation or say anyone isn't guilty of anything, or they are, whatever. But the reality of the situation is we were looking, and the, the woman who lied on Emmett Till, right? I, I was told that she's still alive now. And no one has pressed charges on her, knowing that, that she, she, she lied, you know, knowing that she perjured herself, knowing that she got, uh, you know, she pretty much aided and embedded in the murder of this young 14-year-old kid. And there we go, 14, back to that age again. Four, this is what happens to our 14-year-olds, you know? And um, they were like, she's too old to stay in trial and she's too old to be arrested, so nobody pursued it. And I, and, I, and I bring up Bill Cosby. Now, I don't know the situation, but he was found guilty or whatever, what happened to those women. I'm not speaking on that. I'm speaking on the fact that these cases were 40-something years old. This was an 80, almost 90-year-old man who had ailments, who was very, very sick, could barely see all of these things. And nobody cared about his health when they were prosecuting Right, so I I, I want to understand why the why do you think there's this double standard, or why do you think people care about her age but didn't care about his age? And I want to just jump in before you say that and just reiterate because you know there are people who will really try to take that statement out of context and make it that we are saying 
that uh, Bill Cosby should not have been arrested. And that has absolutely nothing mm-hmm. to do with the statement that we're, we're, what we're talking about. What we're saying is looking at age, just simply age, mm-hmm. right? And accountability. Bill Cosby has been held accountable for the claims of these women against him at his age. What we're saying is, why is it that this, um, uh, that this woman has not been held accountable for Emmett Till the same way? That's it. That's the simple question so that anybody who's listening don't come to us talking about, oh, we don't think Bill Cosby should have went to jail. Bill Cosby has been held accountable for the women who have made claims against him. And we want to know why is that not the same for uh, for what happened to uh, 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 Ms. Bryant? There's no logical explanation for that. But, but let me, if you don't mind, let me take it a step further for those who would accuse us of, of defending Cosby. Cosby is like Kanye. Because remember, as we've articulated, folks got mad about what Kanye said that was anti-Semitic, but we were done with Kanye when he said slavery was a choice and when he put on the White Lives Matter shirt. Everybody else was quiet about that. Same thing was Bill. Before Bill was uh, exposed by the Me Too movement, we were done with him on the pound cake speech, right? So we don't have to wait for other people to raise their concerns before we hold our own folk accountable. And what he said in that speech, I was there, Dick Gregory was there. We were done with him then when he talked about all the negative things about black people and the pants hanging and all the disparaging comments. We made. So folks, you know, we didn't have to wait on the Me Too story to be done with Bill. Uh, some of y'all were late to the party on that. Yes, he's been held accountable. There is no logical explanation as to why Carolyn Bryant Dunham uh, has not been held accountable for her, for her actions in probably um, the most heinous lynching because it was so well publicized, because it was so graphic. And people, you know, some people say, well, I don't wanna go see any more of these movies. No, no, you need to go see this movie because that's what made me tell one. She wanted people to see the remains of her son. If people had not seen his, his mutilated remains, August 28, 1955, uh, Emmett Till was lynched. Uh, we're in the month of December now, uh, uh, it, it, this year. August 28, 1955, Montgomery Bus Boycott was December 1st, 1955. Emmett Till's death and his brutalization is what sparked the modern civil rights movement. And people decided right then and there, we're not going to allow this anymore. Um, Black women walked to work, wore holes in the soles of their shoes, walking to work in, in Montgomery for a year. I don't know if we could do that today, right now, have that discipline to boycott and walk to work every day for a whole year until there was uh, desegregation on the buses in Montgomery. No, she does need to be held uh, accountable. And to be even more specific about it, um, there was some evidence recently uh, uncovered that there was a warrant for her arrest and the warrant was never executed. So even the myth that she was never seriously considered and they never had any evidence, even back then, the white folks in Mississippi, the prosecutor in Mississippi, issued a warrant for Carolyn's arrest. That warrant needs to be executed. And I think there's a black prosecutor down there. Sometimes we are our own worst enemy. There's a black prosecutor down there that needs to execute it. Uh, um, uh, in fact, he's in one of our, in a fraternity. I know some brothers in. We're trying to reach them to get them to get him to do it. But 
But no, there is no excuse. And some people saying, well, she's old. So what? She should still be held accountable, even if she don't go to prison. All right, you don't want to put in prison? Charge her. Arrest her. Execute that warrant from 1955. Hold her accountable. She said to uh, a, a journalist a few years ago that, that Emmett didn't do anything. She's pretty much admitted to identifying him. She is an accomplice in his death. Yes, absolutely. This is, this is something, you know, reparations isn't just about money or about land. It's also about healing and, and, and fixing certain wrongs, healing, uh, dealing with trauma. And there is not an experience really in this century, a singular incident that was more traumatic than the death of Emmett Till. That's the, that's the real. Well, Mark, we would love to talk to you all day, but we got a, a tight ship today, man. We got a tight show, man. As usual, you you bring the heat, you come with historical facts, and you speak it like nobody else could speak it but Mark. I got yeah. it. I need to get the cupcake speech for my son because I don't think he heard it. I don't think he, he remembered it. Speech. The pound cake, exactly. Now I listen to that. I ain't hear yeah. that. No, go you check it out. It was it was horrible. And he put down all the brothers locked up. He put down all the brothers for the clothes we wear. And he even made fun of our names, African names, Muslim names. He said we shouldn't be giving children African names and calling call, call our kids Muhammad. And we were and invented Howard. You know, Dick Gregory's hilarious. After he finished, because Dick was getting an award, Dick walks up to him. He said, Man, don't you ever say nothing like that when I'm on stage with you? You crazy. You know, and, and just again, a little bit more history, just in terms of just give a little tidbit. Bill was put on by Dick. Dick left the stage, left the nightclub scene, the comedy stage to join Dr. King. But he still had all these dates. All right. That he had to work. He gave those to Bill, and put Bill on. There was an incident in the Playboy Club in the 60s, uh, Playboy Mansion. Everybody went there and party. There was a pair of white comedians. They had their own show. Some will remember this, some who were old enough. The Smothers Brothers. They were speaking out against the Vietnam War. Dick was speaking out against the Vietnam War. Uh, uh, Rowan and Martin was another popular show. All these shows were speaking out against the Vietnam War. The only comedian who wasn't was Bill Cosby. They confronted him at the Playboy Man. said, man, every, the movement puts you on, Bill. You wouldn't be on if it weren't for Dick Gregory and the movement. When are you going to speak out against some of these injustices? And Bill said, I'm just, I'm not going to do that. So I'm saying, that's, that's Bill. That's been his history. And Bill needs to be held accountable for all of that, as well as the Me Too. But I'm saying we were done with Bill already. The Cosby show was great. It was cute. But at the end of the day, where do you stand on our issues? And Bill, Bill just wasn't there. Well, Mark, you got to come back because we're going to talk because the Cosby show was my whole life. So it wasn't cute. It was very, very critical. And we're going to talk about all the shows. I think we should do that one day. Just okay. kick it about the shows and what those show, how they, how they all impacted us from good times and you know, just take it back and think through, um, you know, some of the good old days and we should do it in person. We love you, Reverend Mark Thompson. Thank you. I love you all too. Peace, King. Peace, peace. Seeing our communities grow and thrive is something we care deeply about here at Black Tech Green Money. State Farm Insurance also cares about the growth of black communities. They're actively investing in programs and initiatives that help provide financial literacy, give early career advice, and grow black-owned businesses, thus leading to generational wealth, which helps protect the future of our communities. We want to build a future that we all can be proud of. State Farm understands that representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. 
It also requires active sponsorship of programs like the AXO, a year-long program that recognizes and rewards high school students for their academic and cultural achievements, along with funding programs like Project Ready, a national urban league program committed to educational achievement of black and brown youth that has awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers to date. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and can have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. If you're looking for the most epic place on Earth, let's start at the base of a massive waterfall. Then trek through the thick jungle. Then climb to the peak of a snowy mountaintop. Then once you get there, keep going. Because with intelligent 4x4 and 7 drive modes and a Nissan Pathfinder, the search is the real adventure. Available feature. Intelligent 4x4 cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... (laughs) Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. That's how we own it! As usual, man, the good Reverend Dr. Mark Mark Thompson, as we call him, always dropping jewels. And there's a lot to unpack, man. You know, just listening to him, like like he pretty much agrees with us. There's no reason why this woman shouldn't have been charged and shouldn't still be charged. You know, I never and I never knew that they actually issued a warrant. That's crazy. But you know, every time you talk to Mark, he's gonna give you some history that you don't even know about, man. So always appreciate him. No, really, I mean, I agree with you. I did know about the warrant. Um, and how it was never executed. And I think that what we learned from, you know, and also just listening to Mark give you more, whether you agree with, uh, you know, his position and many different people's position on Steve, on uh, Bill Cosby or not, um, you know, one thing you do have to recognize is that there's a history of, you know, when people violate the Black community, it's like, it just kind of like goes to, it just goes to the wayside. It's, it's not important. 
But then, of course, when they do things that's egregious to another community, then the world expects us to jump on it and, you know, be a part of the crusade to destroy them. And I don't think that there's anything wrong with holding people accountable. But I do know that the hypocrisy is what makes folks start Feel, they find themselves even defending things that they know is wrong because they 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 get to it's like the Kanye piece like when he was saying all the disrespectful things against black people and, and saying anti-black things because of the fact that no one it, it wasn't a big media story you know there was no companies canceling him people made all types of excuses about why well you know we not we can't really say for sure that it's anti-black but then of course when this when when another community is harmed by the things that he said then it's like okay well everybody should get behind tearing you know him to shreds and I think accountability just has to be more across the board. We have to be accountable in every single corner because once we do that, then people will feel comfortable saying right is right and wrong is wrong. That's a fact. And you know what? And that brings me to my, I don't get it. We was talking about Jerry Jones and, and Mark brought up, you know, LeBron's position and what I don't get, right, is because I'm critical of you. When you do when you do wrong shit, I'm gonna call you out. But when you do right shit, I'm gonna call you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna also say, yo, you did something right, right? And a lot of us take time. We make mistakes. We we you know we fall off a little bit. We don't see clearly on certain things. And so many people are mad, like, oh, now LeBron trying to get back in our good graces. LeBron has said a lot of things that I agree with. He he stood up on a lot of different you know issues in. That regard black people, he's 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 to use his platform a bunch of times, and then there's times that I didn't think he was as strong. That that happens all the time. None none of us are perfect, but I don't get this narrative and this position that people take that you too late to do the right thing or you too late to speak up now. Don't speak up now. Like, oh, isn't our job? Isn't this what we say that our black influencers and people who have platforms and who have levels of celebrity that we want them to speak on our behalf. So some of them are not, they, they get, they catch up a little slower. Some of them don't understand certain things. Isn't it our job, you know, as a community to want to see them progress, to want to see them be on the right side and say the right things. So I think it's, I don't get why we want to discourage those same people from speaking up because it's like, damn, if you do, damn, if you don't, when you see the person doing the right thing and they saying the right things and they standing on the right side of history and they're, and they're representing this culture properly, then salute them. The same way you want to tear them down when they don't do it. The same way when he said what he said about Kyrie, everybody was all oh, LeBron, this and that. He, he had, he took a time to reflect. You know, he reflected, he thought about it. He said, damn, maybe I shouldn't have said that. Maybe this wasn't the right, even though well, I don't know if he said, maybe I shouldn't have said that. I think well, that's- I'm, I'm not, I don't know. This is what I'm saying, maybe. I said, maybe he said, I don't know what he thought. But I know that when he sat down and he made this statement, it looked like reflection. Because he even brought, when, when Kyrie said, look what happens. He said, I know who I am. And I need you to keep the same energy when we talk about things that happen with our people. He he sat there and he thought about what that meant. He, you know, he probably at that point, he probably didn't understand exactly what was going on. But when you sat back and you listened, he probably had a conversation. I don't know what it was, but I know that at this point, he was very strong 
and letting you know that black people have been wronged and we and is not taken with the same That's level it. of vigor and energy that y'all give to everybody else's atrocities and things that happen. He said this is one of the major things that happened to black people. When those when those seven kids were denied to go into that school, those are historical things that scarred the black culture and community for, forever. And we have to deal with those things. And they shouldn't just be glossed over because when we do something that you don't like, you know, you're not going to gloss over it. So for me, I just don't get why we as a people don't understand that we have to give our own people grace. None of us are perfect. None of us are going to get it right every time. But when you see somebody who has those platforms and can lose and, and it's going to deal with certain backlash because they stand on, you know, certain principles, you got to, you, we got to, we got to fuel that. You know what I'm saying? We got to lift them up. We got to celebrate that the same that we, the same way we tear down when they don't do it. Well, I, I agree with you 100%, but I just want to make I just want to make it clear because I don't want us to romanticize stories in order for it to be more convenient. It may just be simply that he still agrees with his initial point that he thinks sharing a video without context was wrong for Kyrie and as he reflected on what probably what upset people so much in that moment, he knows that racism and hypocrisy exists and that black folks are always on the short end of the stick, right? It doesn't mean that you can't sit here and say, you know, I could sit here and say about my child, you know, you did this and I'm pissed off about it. Look at me yesterday. Yesterday I told him off about three different things, I gave him three points and really gave him a piece of my mind. And you know how I give peace of my mind. Um, but then I still turned around and came in and made him some dinner and helped him do some of the things he needed to do, right? So we can we can do those two things at the same time. And I think that uh, on this last point is what we're dealing with here is humans, right? Humans that for the most part, try to get it right. LeBron tries to get it right for the most part. There, nobody is 100% perfect. Sometimes our ideas and our thoughts, it's not even just, oh, maybe he thought he, or he rethought it. He just might not agree with us and we don't have the same opinion on some things sometimes. That's, that's life. Sometimes- I don't, think, I don't think, I don't think, I don't think that's what I was saying though, Tamika. No, was no, saying. no, I'm not saying you are. I'm, no, okay. I read the comments. I'm sorry. So I read the comments. I saw people in the comments, not on your page, but all over saying things like, oh, now he want to change his opinion. Now he want to say thing, the things to get back in the good graces. I don't know if I think it's getting back in the good graces. I think he just is a man that said what he felt then and he's saying what he feels now. He can, he can say, you and I can have a difference of opinion on point A and still know that hypocrisy and racism leans on Black people the most and that even though what Kyrie posted is not something that LeBron stands behind, even Kyrie said there's things in the film that he doesn't agree with so we already have made that clear but we can still acknowledge that jerry jones and let me just add brett Favre and a bunch of other white people have wronged the black community and they have not been held to the same standards as someone who posted a, a, a movie and didn't make the movie and doesn't sell the movie but the people who sell it who are also white people have not been canceled in the same way as as as, as what Kyrie experienced. 
Well, well, once again, I'm gonna give a little pushback because I'm I don't think I don't think any of us, most of I mean, for the most part, there are people who are saying, you know, that he he did he shouldn't have felt the way. I think for me, my my whole issue with LeBron wasn't how you felt. Because you could have felt there a lot of people felt like, damn, I don't think he should have posted that or this and that. But you weren't supposed to say that on TV. That wasn't supposed to be a conversation that you had because prior to Jerry Jones, prior to Brett Favre, this America has had a, a, a history of lynching the black man or, or prosecuting the black man or publicizing everything. So it didn't just happen. He knows that. He knows that whenever a black athlete or black person does something, we're going to be criticized way more than everybody else. That didn't just happen. So I think when he realized, damn, I utilize my voice to pile on to another black man and nobody, no other white man is going to do that. That's never going to happen. It hasn't happened in history. So I think my personal thing is he reflected and said, damn, that I, I was wrong for that. I wasn't wrong for how I feel. My opinion of it really doesn't change, but I didn't have to utilize my voice. There's a bunch of people that didn't utilize their voice. There are all hundreds of athletes that refused to make any commentary on Kyrie. And I think what he did wrong was if that was your opinion, you should have kept that opinion to yourself. Okay, well, we got to do, we, let's make sure we put this at the top of our next show because I still have pushback and I won't even give it today. But what I will say is that LeBron is a leader and that goes in a lot of directions. And when, you know, he's asked to speak on certain issues, um, you know, I'm not saying that he has to speak on it, but as a leader, he can't just be like every other person that doesn't have anything to say. However, how you say what you say is very, very important. And I think that the way several people spoke about Kyrie um, in the ways in which, you know, in, in the ways in which they spoke about him, I, I think that it should have been um, done differently. Let's just put it that way. So let's talk about it again at the top of another show. Um, and I think that's it for today. Yeah, that's pretty much it. First of all, let me shout, I'm gonna shout out Bungie brand, black owned. This is the hoodie. You know, I got my black effect hat. Finally got my black effect hat. Shout out to black effect. Um, sit down with the standups as we drop an episode. It's going to be a small little clip in here so that y'all can look forward. It's me interviewing my man G Depp. If you don't know who G Depp is, he was signed to Bad Boy in the, the late 90s. He went to prison for a murder that he committed 12 years prior to going to prison. He actually turned himself in because his conscience hurt. Nobody was looking for him, no warrant. Nobody even knew he did it. And now he's up for um, the lawyer who prosecuted him is trying to get him clemency. And the judge and the lawyer saying that they think he should be granted clem clemency after being in jail for 12 years. So I want y'all to listen to this compelling interview. Shout out to G Depp. Sit down with the stand-ups. Coming soon. So yeah, but uh, there's a lot of, it's going to be a lot. I know, I don't know if you're comfortable with just talking about it, but there's, it's, it's a lot of young kids and a lot of them aren't privy to the kind of like the story of what happened. Like I know, and the people from our era more than likely know, but just a little more of what, what was it that you turned yourself into? What happened? Not, I don't need you to give me details, you know, if, if it's not something that you're really comfortable, but just. It's kind of like explaining what happened. Right, yeah, well, you know, it was, you know, because before, you know, I came, I came up, you know what I'm saying, in the, uh, in the uh, rap, you know, 
industry, the music industry, rather. You know what I'm saying? You know, we, you know, I was out in the street, you know, doing things, you know, that I didn't really have business, you know, that I didn't have any business business doing. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, you know, things things went, you know, left. I, I wound up, you know what I'm saying? You know, catching, you know, committing committing a, a robbery. You know what I'm saying? And, and wound up. You know, some you know one of the persons that was involved, you know, got 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 killed. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, it was it was one of those things where it wasn't, you know, you know, I didn't I didn't know he died. You know what I mean? But it was just one of those things that, you know, just was you know heavy on my heart for a while. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, you know, years went by, and then you know, I just had you know I I wanted to you know, kind of kind of bring some closure to the whole situation, to the whole, you know, to the family or whatever, whoever, whoever, you know, was connected to this man. You know what I'm saying? I was I was connected to this man at this point. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I, I just, you know, I, I investigated, I did my own, you know, my own investigation and, you know, come to find out. And when I say I did my own investigation, I mean, I turned myself in. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, and lo and behold, though, we want to hear more about your concept of what you're doing uh in our next show so let's also put that at the top that put a pin in it we're gonna put a pin in it you know so that brings us to the end of another episode shout out to the great reverend mark thompson and his historical views that always keep me mind boggled because I don't be knowing half the stuff and he always that's my historian man him and Angelo I go to them and they give me all of the the jewels and the history that I need so shout out to him for being on the show shout out to you Miss Mallory even though you wasn't visual this got you got this little picture here up here that we get to see I don't know if the, the, the you know the everybody else get to see it but it's a smiling picture of Tim because she just did smiling so shout out to you and Shout out to our audience, man, for making us number one, the number one podcast in the world. We got the best audience. Continue to support us. Let us know if you love us, you hate us. DM us, give us topics, give us feedbacks. Ask Free Politicians Pod. I'm not going to always be right. Tamika Mallory is not going to always be wrong, but we will both always, 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 always be authentic. Peace. Peace. Listen to Street Politicians on the Black Effect Network on iHeartRadio. And catch us every single Wednesday for the video version of Street Politicians on iWomen.tv. That's how we own it! State Farm Insurance knows that understanding and investing in our cultural identity is paramount in protecting our future. We know what it's like to go from nothing to something to wish that we had better financial literacy when we were younger. Luckily, State Farm is here to help. With funding programs like Project Ready, which is committed to education achievement and has already awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers to black and brown youth since 2021. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, so there we were, cruising through the new open-air zoo, when I realized that the park was closing in like 15 minutes. Luckily, we were in my Nissan Rogue. With its powerful VC turbo engine, well, we had time to see all the animals. Whoa! <laughs> and outrun a few! Drive the Nissan Rogue.
I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T.